Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back, everybody. You are tuned in to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and myself, Jeremy Shaw. Poole, how are you today, man? Well, I'm enjoying that new intro. You said you were going to change it up some and was, was going to kind of like leave that. it. Kind of leave it where you were going to surprise me with it. And I like that. The question is going to be is, can you remember how to do it the same way next time too? Well, I guess we'll find out on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but we'll give it a shot. Well, we, we, hopefully it's our new intro, but at least it made it one time. So we It can, made it one time. We can travel with it and work with it from there. So it'll be all right. But man, yeah, we're well, how's, you, how's your day going so far, Paul? Well, we're rocking and rolling, you know, with Christmas, we which I know this is going to air, what, in another week, so. Yeah, yeah we'll be a little yeah, after Christmas we're, we're, on this one, but, but we are anticipating Christmas. We're anticipating that Christmas while we're recording and trying to get everything going and got a, yeah. a good friend and a, uh, a gentleman who's been on the show before coming on with us again today, so, man, it's all good. Well, I, it's all good. Well, I hope, I hope the episode goes better than the way my day has started. So this morning, I get up, gonna go to work, got a couple hour drive, get in my company truck, go to turn the key, it clicks, battery's dead, so I pull my truck over there, jump it off, get it going. I go to back out, I look down at my screen, I got a, got a tire that's about flat, pull up to my shop, get it aired up, I said, hey, it'll be alright. So then, about halfway on my drive this morning, tire light comes back on, look down, it's like 15 pounds, so, I pull it into a service station, get her aired up, so ah, I got about another 30, 45 minutes, something like that. I'll, I'll limp it on to the office, and I get there. The tire light has come on again, so luckily, right across the interstate from our office is a little mom-and-pop tire shop, so I pull over there, and and uh, they said, ah, just just leave it with us, and we'll, we'll holler at you in a little while, so it's about an hour, hour and a half past. I'm like, they got to have that tire taken care of by now, so I call them. I said, hey, check my battery, too. I said, it was it was low this morning. So they said, oh, yeah, I think we got you ready to go, but you've got a problem with that tire. I said, oh, yeah, what's that? It had five holes in it. I said, good Lord. And they said, no, no, it's just uh, it's just dry rod. It got a bunch of little seats in it. So they, they throw my spare on there for me, told me the battery seemed checked out. All right, maybe just, I don't know, maybe I had my cell phone booster on over the weekend or something like that, drained down a little bit. I don't know. But but anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's been an eventful morning. So you're riding around on the spare now? I'm, I'm gonna limp it in on the spare, and uh, and then I think we'll be good over the Christmas holidays. I'll get everything taken care of. You think you're gonna run up to Jeans and and see them pretty soon here? Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe I, I bet they can get me taken care of. Yeah, that's one of those things that when you when you have a may pop, you need to go ahead and fix it quick, or uh, or you will have what it actually is named for. So. Yeah, I don't like riding around on the spare, but in the hunting side of things, the duck hunt's been good here the last little while. Well, you're going to have to tell me about it because <laughs> the last hunt I was on was weekend before last. And it was, we had a good time. We had a okay hunt, but nothing really yeah. to brag about. And then I've been in Christmas mode ever since. We've been deer hunting in Christmas. And so I haven't, haven't had the opportunity to get my waders wet here lately. Man, we must have had a push of birds. Gary Wayne and I hunted, made this little morning hunt up to camp. And, uh, and man, we, mu- we must have had a push of birds that last front because, 
man, I don't know. It was, we seen well over a hundred mallards and it didn't take him and I long to shoot our, shoot our two man limit and mallards and gadwall. And it, it worked out good. I hope it, uh, I hope it holds up. Well, I'm going to bet that our guest today can tell us whether birds have been pushing because I know he, he hunts up north a good bit himself. So yeah, he's got his hands in it a little bit. We've, we've visited with Jimmy a, a couple times now. Glad to, glad to have him back with us. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. And you know, I like your story about the tire and the battery because as bad as I hate that for you, I'm just glad to know I'm not the only person that kind of stuff happens to. <laughs> when it happens to me, I think, why is this happening to me? So it's kind of comforting knowing it's not just me because it seems you're, like you're not the only guy out there. Really, yes, yes. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Well, look, before we, before we get into this too far, y'all, today we have Mr. Jimmy Barton with Endless Pursuit Outdoors on. And Jimmy, from following you on social media, you have kind of a a running dialogue with tire problems. So, yes, it's nonstop, man. It seems, it's, it's seems to if it I can think blow, I've about you blow. Ten or eleven tires for the year. I'll be glad when January first hits, so I can start over with. It. Yes, it's nonstop. It's karma. It's karma. Uh, are you trying to set a record or? I think I must be. I must be. I, well, I spent a good bit of time in Kansas, and the Flint Rock up there is just it's unbelievable. It's unforgiving, and it just seemed like it never ends. And and so I feel your pain on that for sure. Well, and I've I've traveled <laughs> with you before, so nothing is safe or at a slow speed when you hit down a, a dirt road or a gravel <laughs> road or anything. So I, I'm. I'm seeing you, you're not probably one of the most gentle on tires anyway. Yeah, I think a, the bull in the china shop is a pretty good example, a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, I go everywhere wide open, and sometimes that's, sometimes that's good, but most times it costs me, I can tell you. <laughs> sure. I keep hoping I'll outgrow it, but it hasn't happened yet. Well, probably not, Jimmy. Probably not. Are you boys any better with it? Is Drake no, any better with worse. it? They're worse. No, they're worse. They're worse. Oh gosh. Hopefully Isabel, you know, she's she's the caboose, so hopefully hopefully she can redeem us all. But you know, the boys are worse. They're they're uh teenage versions of me, so that's 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 it's just too much. So and hopefully the Isabel... thing is they're not paying for anything. So I'm paying for, for their bull and china shop moves and mine too, so I'm double triple whammy, I guess. Well hopefully she's seen the light from watching y'all and go, there's got to be an easier way. Exactly, exactly. I hope so. I hope you're right. <laughs> my well, Jimmy, you've uh, you've shifted gears a little bit. I guess since the last time we talked to you, tell us a little bit about you know what you got going on with your with your you know guide service and where you at and, and how did that evolve in the in the in the, what it is. Definitely. I um I think when we talked last time I was still working for NWTF and um NWTF had to make some serious cuts this year. Um had about a twelve million dollar budget shortfall because of COVID. Uh and in June, uh I think about that time they were running about two hundred and twenty employees at the time and they they had to make uh drastic cuts from the top all the way down and they cut fifty two employees. And I was one of the people who got cut. And, um, that was just another, another, another victim circumstance, uh, that came victim because of, of COVID and how our country has been affected by it. They, um, they only got to do about 50% of their 
spray backwards. I think the last one we did in Mississippi back in the spring was mid-March, and we were about 60% done in Mississippi, whereas like the Midwest and the New England states, they run a little bit later because of winter. So a lot of those states have not even really got started good. So um, it was tough. It was tough. I have to say it was it was hard to accept. Um, but uh, when one door closes, another door opens. And when when you know when you're in that situation, sometimes it's hard to recognize it. But you look back on it and say, you know, everything's going to be okay. It all works out. And uh, I believe that God has a plan for everything we do and that sometimes things may seem like tragedy and they end up being one of the better things that may have happened to you. So um, that's kind of where we are uh, now. Well, and being in that position that you were in, it did kind of set you up to where you had a lot of connections, you had a lot of knowledge, a lot of friends. You know, you were already dealing with a lot of outfitters, throughout time and, and over your time there. So it, it kind of, you could kind of look at it like a stepping stone. You know, you, you, you handle that one step and now move forward. And it really should have, yeah. you know, and with Definitely. your passion for hunting and for the outdoors, it really should have, you know, kind of opened new doors or, or had a lot of doors open for you to be able to, to be successful in, in a guide outfitter set up. Definitely. Definitely. And I knew, I knew, um, you know, self-reflecting on it before this happened, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do that job forever. And y'all deal with your Delta Waterfowl and the other organizations, their regional directors. That job is like being shot out of a rocket. And it, it in my opinion, has a has a low shelf life. And I, I kind of had in my mind that I would do it until my, my daughter graduated high school. She's 13. So in five years, I was going to do this anyway. And, um, it kind of got thrust, uh, my plans, you know, moved up and, you know, um, NWTF's like family. Some of the best friends I've ever met, um, were through NWTF and I'm still actively involved with NWTF. I, I got elected to state board as a volunteer, got elected as a chapter president there at the Pike County chapter, which is the largest one in the state of Mississippi. I just upped my life sponsorship to Heritage Life Sponsor, which is a pretty big deal. So I'm not bitter. I'm still 100% behind them. I encourage everybody to be behind all these conservation groups. But you're right. The common theme with everybody that's involved in WTF is they love to hunt. And I won't lie. I spent I spent every minute I could hunting with volunteers because I love to hunt. And I know that the relationships that you develop with people, that's some of the best relationships you develop is, is in the duck blind or, or, or chasing turkeys or fishing. That's That's where you're some of your best friendships are made. And I spent every spare moment I could hunting with everybody I could. And um, I guided duck hunts for years up in the Delta for Rocky the Floor when he had Mossy, Mossy Island Outfitters and um, did that part-time. And then I dibble-dabbled with it. And I looked back, and I was doing the same thing I'm doing now, except, you know, with NWTF, it was, I'm not saying I was doing it for free because I was getting paid to raise money, but I was doing all these same things, going with people all over hunting. And now I'm actually doing it full time for a living. So it was, it, it, you know, it, it cultivated relationships and contacts to where now I'm almost at a point that I'm selling stuff so fast, hunts and stuff that, um, I may have to actually get some help. So it's, it's been a blessing for sure. And, um, made a lot of contacts, a lot of friends and it, it just fell right in. I never missed a beat. I didn't, um, 
I didn't have time to sit around and, and lick my wounds and cry about spilled milk. I had to get busy because, you know, you got to make a living. And, you know, I've never been unemployed in my life. I've, I've, each job I ever had, I left going to a better job if I left. I've never, ever been fired from a job, laid off or, you know, ever since college. And I worked three jobs the whole time I was in college. So I've never been, uh, never really been in this situation. So I had no choice but just hit the ground running. And, um, I've been blessed so far for sure. Well, I can say just from, you know, this is 100% the outside looking in, following you on social media and what you've been doing. I mean, it was a quick, you know, almost seamless transaction the way it looked. I mean, you were, you were doing one thing one day and it seemed like, boom, you know, you took this thing, you hit the ground running with it and, and, you know, made it into, you know, a functioning guide service, you know, outfitter, just, you know, Within within days, it almost I know it was longer than that, but it almost seemed like within days. Hey, dang, Jimmy's you know up and got this going and rocking and rolling. Well, I appreciate that, and that, that's what I tried to do. I mean, there was there's a lot of people that, that got laid off that you know they got real upset and they acted out and, and said stuff and you know been a lot of them have been there twenty something years and some of them still aren't working and I feel bad for them, but I chose and I'm not knocking them what they did or how they handled it. Everybody handles adversity different i looked at it like well you know what i can sit around and 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 drown in my sorrows and and you know hate it hate everything that happened or i can hit the ground running and be positive and you know yeah i asked myself the question why me why am i getting laid off because i was one of the top performers and a lot of guys they let go were top performers and we sit around i'm like why me why me but then, then i got to thinking about it if I had been the person that had to make the decision of letting 52 people go, that would have been miserable. I had to pick 52 people out of 200 or something that you got to tell them they don't have a job anymore. So it wasn't an easy decision for them, but I'm not mad about it. I just hit the ground running because I knew I had to get ahead of, of the curve and, and, you know, uh, not having a paycheck every two weeks means you got to get out and hustle. And I just immediately started hustling and, it's been great. It's been really, really good. I haven't missed a beat. And, uh, you know, just going to keep rolling as long as I can. Well, now, Jimmy, you're offering deer hunts, turkey hunts, duck hunts, and you're in multiple states. Am I missing anything? Yes. Um, well, I'm actually doing a couple different things. The, um, one of the things I'm doing is working with Myers Goldman Wooden. Um, they're one of the top outfitters in Argentina and Uruguay. I'm working kind of part-time as a consultant with them, sell doves and uh, dove hunts, duck hunts, perdiz hunts down in Argentina and Uruguay. Um, that's been really busy. And then this endless pursuit stuff uh, is my own stuff that I'm doing. And a lot of that I do hands-on. I sell you the hunt. I go with you. I guide you. I do everything just like any outfitter would do. Um, and then some of the stuff I broker through other outfitters that I know and I act as a middleman, but 80% of that stuff is stuff I'm doing on my own. And, um, you know, kind of what's in the name endless pursuit, where do you know, where did I come up with that? And, and y'all, I think will appreciate this is that no matter how many ducks you kill or how many turkeys you kill, you still have this drive. And, you know, I guess there's some men that don't have it. I don't know. I can't imagine not having it. It's just an innate drive that you keep that chase going. Um, it's never, you never really reach the goal if there is such thing as a goal. And it's just an endless pursuit of, um, you know, my motto is, uh, leave your bucket list to us. And we're all chasing a bucket list of some sort. If we're not, 
I can't imagine, you know, not chasing a bucket list. I think we all have them, and it, it truly is an endless pursuit. And that's just something I came up with. I thought it fit because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we like to pull the trigger. I, I you know, I know y'all do, and I know I do. And I know the people who go with me like to pull the trigger. If we didn't, we take a camera. But, um, just like you going out there and hunting in the, you know, salt lakes, you know. At the end of the day, you still kill ducks. You still kill ducks just like you kill ducks in Venice, but it's a totally different experience. And that's what I'm chasing. I'm chasing experiences and I want to help other people chase their experiences and things that they want to do. But I want to try to do it with a hands on approach and a more, more affordable, um, you know, option for you. You know, if you, if you want to spend $6,000 on a deer hunt, Hey, the places you can go are endless, but I, you know, that's not, that's not really the, the clientele I'm marketing towards. Even though I do have those available, I'm looking at stuff that's more affordable for everyday middle class people because, uh, a lot of guys can come up with $2,000, but can't come up with 6,000. And that's kind of, kind of my, my focus is to, to have affordable stuff and to control as much of it as I can control. Um, because at the end of the day, I can sleep at night knowing I, I gave you all I can give you and I work hard. And sometimes we may not kill ducks. Sometimes we may not kill a turkey, but I'm going to give you everything I can to make it happen. And majority of the time we're going to be successful. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm, where, I, where I'm focused is and that's where endless pursuit comes from is no matter which hunts we do, you're still going to have that drive and you're going to want to do more. That, that's kind of where I'm focused. Well, I know I like that because you know, you know, we've talked about it on here and you and I've talked in the past, but mine is not so much the next hunt, the next kill, it's, it's the next adventure. Exactly. You know, Me going too. and hunting yep. the Salt Lake, which I got to do this year and was trying to go back a second time, but the darn water actually, it actually iced over to where there was the spots that the man normally hunts. He said, man, we can't, it's nothing but ice. There's no water. Yeah. Normally they ride the airboat across ice to get to the open water where he said the ducks just, you know, just congregate because it's the only open water in the area. And there was no open water in the area. So it was like, well, okay, there's a, I'm going to have to change that plane flight and hotel room and everything else. But mine is the next adventure. And that's what I like about your endless pursuits because yeah. I want to go try something new. I want to go try something I haven't done before. Yes, is it shooting ducks at the end of the day? Of course. Is it chasing turkeys at the end of the day? Yes. But the new terrain, the new sites, the new friends that you make in the different areas, that's that's the part that keeps me interested, and that's the reason I like to travel so much. Yes, yes. And it, it's the little things, too, like that you remember that ingrained in your mind. And, um, you know, I kind of, um, you know, I like this statement, you know, all's well, it ends well. Well, you know, it's when you look back and you have, like, for example, you came up to North Dakota uh, last year, 2019, with us. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a mediocre day, a me- mediocre to good, an excellent day, and a crappy day. That that would sum it up. I mean, that was probably a third, a third, a third. Yep. Um, the crappy day, there was no wind and overcast and cloudy. I remember that, but... I guarantee you, when you think about it, you think about the day that there was sunshine and the mallards were just pouring out of the clouds and you just hammered them, you know, cause that's, 
you know, that's what people are going to remember. They're going to remember that, but they're also going to remember like when you were at the Great Salt Lakes, the roar of that engine on the airboat and how you stepped out of that boat because I heard you talk about it. You stepped out of the boat, whereas if you'd done that in the marsh in Venice or Delacroix, you just sank to your neck, you know, in mud. And when you step out over there, you're on salty, sandy bottom and you're only ankle deep. And you remember what it felt like to get over in balance and try to get in the layout boat. Those, the total immersion of the experience, that's what I hope people focus on. And that's what I focus on. Because if you believe me, there's nobody you'll ever talk to that loves to pull the trigger more than I do. But if you're so caught up and that's the only thing you're focused on, then to me, you lose sight of the sounds, the smells, the, 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 what it feels like to go that fast in an airboat or, or what it's like for a pheasant and you've never hunted pheasants for a pheasant to flush out from under you the first time. All of those things to me are the total package and total experience. And that's what I'm chasing. And that's what I'm trying to get other people to chase. And trusting me to let them, you know, to help them chase those, those things. And a lot of people don't get that. They don't, but that's okay. And if they don't get it and they, all they want to do is come shoot a turkey, I'll be glad to sell them a turkey hunting. Hey, more power to them, you know, but I, I, I'm like you. I like to chase that experience. And that's, that's kind of the, kind of where the, all that came from, you know. Well, and Jimmy, and, um, the, the people I've talked to over the years, and you and Jeremy may agree with this, but the people that get, listening to the world wake up on a turkey hunt understand more of what i mean when i say the passion or the the adventure than other folks you talk to a turkey That's hunter and they right. don't enjoy listening mm-hmm. to the morning wake up where the birds are starting to chirp at old hoot owls hooted you know the sun's just starting to break and that old turkey just lets that one gobble out to begin it the show and if you don't get it you just don't get it like you say i mean it's it's either something that's in you or it's not in you i Exactly right. And, you know, in the, in the wake up of the woods turkey hunting, to me, is the most perfect example. Because your senses are so heightened that it's almost like, um, you know, what could be better than this? I hear this bird first. Then I hear this bird. And the feel of the leaves wet. Just all the different things, the sights and sounds and, and the feels that go along with, you know, the spring woods waking up. But you can take that the same thing with, you know, I hear people talking about it all the time. Ooh, if we have just had, if we could have shot ducks 10 minutes earlier, oh, we'd have, we'd have warm out. Yeah, I say that too. But you also would have missed being that close to ducks, landing in the decoys and what they're doing and the fact that you fooled them for a few minutes, you know. And the 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 same thing with, you know, a whitetail come crashing through the timber chasing the doe where that same buck would have never done that in the middle of summer, you never would have seen him. So all those things that, that, that we like, and that's what, that's what it's all about to me for sure. I, I like that. How you explain and it. And it's a perfect explanation of your heightened, you know, senses that the human body has when you're caught up in that moment, you know, you sit there in the morning time, you're, you know, maybe you're duck hunting, you got decoys out, you're just sitting there, Waiting for it to waiting for it to start. You hear a mallard hen chatter a quarter of a mile high, and under normal circumstances, you would you can't hear your wife in the living room when you're in the bedroom. But that's exactly right. You know, one one duck up in the sky chattered a quarter of a mile away, and you're sitting there, and it just that that blood just starts you know pumping. 
because yeah. you know, like you say your your senses are so heightened at that moment your anticipation of that is there and you know that's just what uh that's what makes it happen man exactly I, I, and I, you know it's a shame that some people are not aware of that or they never experienced that and some people could experience they just don't know they're missing out yeah. and they don't really, you know they don't even know and I don't know that I'll ever get tired of that you know I, I just don't know that I ever will um, well, the day I so, do, I'm gonna quit going. Yeah, that's exactly I, I've right. said it before. But I don't know what I would do in place of that. That's the thing about <laughs> for me. You know, for me is that um, it's you know I've, I'm raising kids and doing stuff with them is the greatest. Well, eventually, all of us will have grandkids. We'll get to do it again. You know, but um, I can't imagine ever getting tired of it. But uh, definitely, yeah. I, I, it's 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 a uh, it's amazing the things you get to see and hear and do, you know. Well, here's your question, and I know this is kind of off track, but have you ever watched a ordinary household cat? Yeah. All right. <laughs> you watch that kitty cat around the house, and it's walking around, it's preening, it's doing all this thing. What does it do the moment it walks outside? It goes into predator Stretches, mode. It looks around and then look around. Have you ever watched one? It is. It goes into predator mode. It it is yes. all of a sudden a wild animal again, doing what it loves. I mean, they can't help it. They're looking for a, a squirrel, a mole, a, a a bird, whatever they can find. A rat. That's what they. As soon as they walk outside, they go into direct predator mode. And I've had it referred to that I I act that way a lot of times because when I walk in the woods. I'm not the jolly go Roger person I was as I was walking down the pasture getting to it. You know, exactly once you get right. in, like you're talking about your height, your senses heightening, as soon as you walk in, you switch gears. Yes. You know, I walk outside mm-hmm. and, you know, it's all of a sudden every sense on you, I'm listening a little more careful. I'm moving more slowly. I'm, I'm looking a little more carefully. You're, you're all of a sudden you're paying attention to things that you don't normally pay attention to on a normal scale. And that's part of, yeah, that's part of the allure of hunting is that you get to go back. You get yes, to go back more exactly to your primitive right. self and not the civilized self that you are on a normal day. And yeah, you know, if you're in a duck blind, you're over there goofing off and you're telling jokes or picking at somebody about something. Or, But like Jeremy says, you know, you hear that one lone mallard hen quack and then all of a sudden everybody's crouched down, nobody's moving, everybody's looking at the water. You're gently bumping a call. You know, you you transition from from one to the other so fast that it's like, you know, is there anything better than this? And I don't care if it's a sunny day, a miserable, rainy, sleety day. I'm happy. It's all part of it. Yep, me too. Well, and another thing too is, you know, it's um, it's it's the unknown because no matter what, it's. You know, you talk about fear of the unknown, but I'm talking about admiration for the unknown. So, like, no matter how good things are, no matter how perfect the day is, north wind, cold, sunshiny, the ducks have migrated, everything's perfect, your decoy spread's perfect, there's still the chance that you will not fire shot. Because there are days when you can do everything right and still not fire shot. Well, that's, you know... I hear people say, well, if it was excellent every day, I wouldn't want to do it. And at first I heard it, I'm like, man, what are they talking about? But I agree because it's the unknown and the fact that you live for those days when it is great, you know, that's just a bonus to it. And if you look at, um, you know, like, like my boys, 
you know, they go out and they set everything up and they don't kill ducks. They're mad. They're mad at the ducks. Well, I can remember being like that. And I told them, I said, look, that's just hunting. If you're going to do it, you're going to strike out and you're going to hit a grand slam. It's not going to happen the same every day. And no matter how you think you got a turkey figured out, they'll show you real quick. They will humble you real fast. And that's the, the pursuit of it. That's what I like about it, you know, and that and then all those other things, the senses we talked about, it all fits in, you know, hand in glove. Well, and you know as well as I do, and the boys don't get it yet, and a lot of people, whether they do as they get older or not, but I learn more through failure than I do success most of the time. You know, like you say, and you, you've That's got exactly a turkey right. figured out, and you know just what he's going to do, and all of a sudden he flips the switch and does something completely different. And you're like, huh. Yep. Okay, I didn't even think about yep. that. Yeah, you know, why would he go? And then you start putting it together, and you're like, all right, well, I didn't have as much figured out as I thought I did. Well, that's exactly right. And whether it be ducks, turkeys, deer, no matter what, they got one goal every day. That's to live to the next day. Every day (laughs) that they wake up, from the time they were hatched or, or they come out of their mama's womb, their goal is to survive to the next day. And sometimes they're going to outsmart you. That's just, that's just how it is. And a turkey is the ultimate, in my opinion, because from the time those eggs hit the ground to the time that they're 20 pounds or whatever, and even at that point, there's so uh, so many things that want to eat the eggs, so many uh, things that want to eat the poles, and they're just on the edge at all times. And, and when, that, when you're dealing with an animal like that, um, they're going to outsmart you sometimes because they, they, their goal is to live, you know. I mean, that, it's just that simple. And I think at the same time, us as hunters, you know, we have those successes. We get so complacent with it that, yes. you know, it, it's going to happen today. You know, I'm going I'm gonna to go out there and I'm going to kill my limit or I'm going to shoot this, this bird. We get so complacent that we forget some of the some of the basics that we've we've learned through those bad hunts through the years. That's and exactly right. Sometimes, sometimes those birds have to humble us to, you know, get back to what we know and, you know, what, what, what we've learned through the years. Yeah, that's true. And I tell you from, I've, I've, I've been on both sides of being the guy and being the customer. I've paid for hunts and traveled all over hunting. And I can tell you something, as miserable as it is to go out, when you're taking your hard earned money and you pay somebody to take you hunting and you go out and you just have very little success, as bad as that feels, in my opinion, I'm only speaking for me. I'm not speaking for anybody else that guys. I'm speaking for me. The feeling is five times worse when you pay me money and I take you out and we don't have the day that you wanted to have. That is a gut-wrenching feeling. And I guess it's like people who sell insurance or people who sell cars. You got good salesmen, bad salesmen. You got good guys and bad guys. I can't imagine there being a guy that doesn't let that affect not, but for me, when I take you out, and it's, you know, we just don't have exactly the day we should have had. Boy, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts really bad. And uh, I've been on, like I said, I've been on both sides of it. And uh, you know, it just and like you said, some days you get complacent, and some days you you just take some things for granted and you, you shortcut some things. But at the end of the day, when you do it with nature, there's so many things out of your control, and that's why when you deal with an outfitter. You need to make sure you're dealing with somebody who controls the controllables. Because you can't control the wind, you can't control the, the rain, you can't control the moon, the animals, all that stuff. Uh, but you can control a lot of things. 
And that's why you make sure when you pay somebody your hard-earned money, that they control the controllables. And um, surely that, that, you know, it, it's should be, it should be, you know, that should go without saying. But you know, the outfitting industry, just like any any other business, there's there's shysters out there that, that'll take you take you for a loop, you know. Well, and that's, Jimmy, that's not like you're saying there, but you know. Like you, I've I've been on both ends of the spectrum. Now I've never made a living at at guiding, but I've I've helped guides, friends of mine over the years with different things, and you know ran groups for them or different different setups. And I don't know a good guide out there, and I'm not gonna say all guides, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this: I don't know a good guide out there that does not want you to be successful and be successful early on yes. every hunt. If it's a yes. duck blind, they want you out of there by eight o'clock. Why? Exactly. Simple exactly. math. They want it to rest. They want the least yes. amount of educating local birds or educating birds or messing up a blind or anything else that they can possibly have. They want to get you in and out quick. If it's a deer hunt, they want you in and out of the area quick. That way you're not leaving a lot of scent around. You're not spooking a lot of the wildlife that's there. And if you run into one that doesn't, want you to do that then that's the time just to pull up and walk anyway but yeah everyone that i know that's worth their grain of salt wants you in and out quick they want you to be successful you're happy everybody's happy you you've disturbed the area as least as possible and you know you're you're bragging and telling everybody what a great time you had that's exactly right exactly right you hit it hit the nail on the head for sure you know, fishing guide. It doesn't matter what it is you're doing. They want you to. They want you to to hook up or, you know, get your shot and, and be successful. And not only that, but all right, say you're deer hunting or turkey hunting. You know, duck hunting. Lord, we've seen a lot of folks miss, but you wound a deer. They're gonna do, and I know you do. They're gonna do everything they can to help you find that wounded animal because they don't want it lost either. That's, you know, exactly that's a right. trophy. That's a exactly. memory in your mind, you know, that's already there, and they're going to do everything they can to help you help you recover that as quickly as possible. And like I say, disturb the area as least as possible, and, and that way you're happy and you're bragging and telling everybody what a great time you had. Because because referrals and repeat business is where it's at. That is a fact. That is a fact. No doubt about it. No doubt. So far, that's um. That's pretty much everything I'm doing is, is referrals right now. Um, our website is, is ready. We're about to do a lot of marketing on it and a lot, a lot of, uh, really laser focused marketing, but pretty much everything I've been doing so far is word of mouth and, and, and it just, it is paying off for sure. And, um, you're right. You, as a guide, you, you want people to be successful because they're going to tell other people. And, you know, if I got you in camp for five days and deer hunting, I want everybody to kill the first day. Because then I can, we can have a good time for three or four days, or you can go home early if you want to go home, and I can start getting ready for the next group, start scouting, do this, do that. Because, you know, I don't care if you got a hunting lease or a hunting club or this your family land, there's always something that you really need to be doing. You can do all the preparatory work in the summer you want to do. There's always that stand that needs to be turned a little bit or a limb that needs to be trimmed or, a lane that needs to be cut or, or, you know, a lifeline needs to be hung. There's always stuff that has to be done, you know, year round. So, you know, my goal is to get you in there and out of there. And that way you're happy, I'm happy, everybody's happy. You need to go tell people for sure. Well, and Jimmy, I don't know if a lot of people realize that, but if you're doing deer hunts, 
you're not just throwing out a feeder in a stand. I mean, you've you've scouted this area. You've you've determined the best tree for for the most favorable winds, so that you know when it's best to hunt that spot. That's exactly right. Exactly right. A lot of work goes into it. And I don't think I don't think a lot we understand it. The three of us understand. It. A lot of people that listen to your show understand it because they've been doing this their whole lives. But we also know that especially whitetail deer hunting. And I remember when whitetail deer hunting was a redneck thing to do. When I was a kid, you you know, you could, South Mississippi, you could basically deer hunt anywhere. You saw five points, you shot him, that was great. You didn't kill does, you ran dogs, all that stuff. And that was a backwood redneck thing to do, kind of. And, you know, if you had a, a ladder stand, you built it. You know, you didn't go buy stands everywhere and, and all these commercialized products. Well, same thing with duck hunting. Is so commercialized. A lot of people that never have put in the work to do it go pay somebody to take them. That's not a bad thing. It's just that I don't think sometimes those people grasp how much effort goes into the preparation and the planning to get them in the right stand. Because it's just literally, it's an endless pursuit. It's an endless pursuit of finding the right places to be. It's, it's year round. It never ends. And y'all know, just like I do, whether you turkey hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting, whatever, it's a year-round thing. We think about it every day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about shooting a duck or shooting a turkey. Never. I I may be better off if it didn't, but I can't remember (laughs) for years a day going by that I don't think about that, you know. And for some reason, a lot of people are thinking about turkeys because I booked a pile of turkey hunts last week. Usually that starts, you know, January, people start thinking about it. But now, for whatever reason, people have turkeys on their mind, which is a good thing, you know. And I, like me, I never stop thinking about turkeys, you know. So. Well, and I, anyway. I know this, too, from some of the folks I've already talked to. If people booked a hunt last year and weren't able to travel, a lot of dates that are normally free are already booked up. So if you're wanting to find a turkey hunt somewhere right now, folks, if you're listening to this podcast, you better get on the search now because... yes. You know, a lot of dates, you know, a lot of things got carried over from last year. Somebody had already made a deposit or they they pushed it over because the state wouldn't allow you into it without a two-week quarantine or whatever the different stipulations were. And hopefully this year it's going to, you know, open up to where we actually can travel and do what we need to do or do what we want to do. Exactly. It's just like I had a group uh, booked for a ghoul's hunt in Mexico spring of 2020. Well, we had to push that thing. Now, he had to push it out the spring of 2021. I have a group booked for Oscillated down in Yucatan for 2022. And I have no idea. I haven't talked to that guy yet. I have no idea what he's going to do because his stuff is booked solid year after year because he's one of the, the probably the top outfitter for Oscillated. So not only does that cost the outfitter money, places that you wanted to go that you think, well, I may wait till February and call them. Better not wait. Because there's so much carryover. Uh, luckily for me, is the last spring I wasn't outfitting for turkeys, not not for a living. I I, I consider myself outfitting for turkeys for a long time because I spent a lot of time turkey hunting, and most of that time was with volunteers with NWTF, and um, we cater to them. And so really, I'm doing the same thing. But luckily for me, is that I didn't have to push any dates for people because it's kind of a new full-time venture. The reason I had a lot of dates open. Now, I still have some dates open. If you want to talk about, you know, kind of the different things I'm offering, I'd be glad to explain those. Or yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, what do you, what do you have coming up 
one, your... one of the things that I'm trying to, to, to really focus on and help people is, is a Royal, a Grand, a Royal, and a World Slam, um, which most people know the Grand Slams are four subspecies in the United States. The Royal Slams adding the Goulds on top of the Grand, and then the World is adding Oscillated on top of the Royal. Um, through working with NWTF for years, I really got to know a lot of these outfitters, and I'll tell people, if you're looking for a good deal in Texas, okay, go ahead. If you're looking for a deal in Nebraska, go ahead. Don't trust your life in Mexico with a good deal, okay? Do not go down there to save $400 with some shade tree outfit down there. Because even though <laughs> I've been down there a couple of times safe, I still don't want to, That's not where I want to get my discounts is in Mexico. And I can help people get their goods and their oscillated. Um, neither one of them are cheap. Neither one of them are bargain hunts. And I'm not looking for a bargain hunt down there. Um, because I send you 600 miles south of the border in the, in the, uh, in the mountains, uh, down there, uh, Sierra Madre Mountains. I'm not trying to send you down there with somebody who just is not vetted just because we save $400. Uh, save your good deals for the United States. But when you travel out of the country, you want to be with somebody reputable. Who's going to take care of you every step of the way? And both outfitters we use for the oscillated and for the ghouls, they're hands on. They, they take care of everything. When you get done hunting, your, your paperwork's done on your birds, get them back imported. They're, they're skinned out. They're properly packaged. You have no problem at the border. You have no problem in, in the airport. They pick you up. They put their hands on you. You walk out of the plane, uh, and they take you back to the plane. No issues. And, um, that that's just a part of the world you don't want to try to be saving money, you know. And I, I don't mean that to sound arrogant. I'm just saying, go find your good deals in the United States, save your money for your goods and isolated, um, and do that the right way, you know, because you don't want to cut any corners in Mexico. No. Yeah, I had a I had a I had a buddy. I think it was last year, maybe year before last, that contacted me on a on a hunt. I think it was dove, dove. I can't remember what all was included in Mexico. And I mean, this was, you know, one of those things you read into is it's too good to be true because of the price and, you know, the, uh, the pictures that they show look like a five star resort. I'm like, man, that I'm like you. I, I'm not going to Mexico looking for the cheapest route I can go. I mean, that's just right. my, my senses tell me not to do that. Yes, definitely. Well, and, and then on the flip side of that, you know, is, is like stuff, some of the stuff I offer in the United States. I have turkey hunts, full, full grand slam, uh, start, the price is starting at $600. So I got good deals. I got really good deals on stuff in America. Um, and I got everything from, you know, do it yourself, get you turned loose on a huge ranch and you go chase the turkeys yourself all the way semi guided. I'll take you out. Hey, you go down this road and go to these trees or, I'll go sit with you and hunt with you and help whatever you want to do as little or as much as you want me to do. So I got, it's, it's not that I'm not trying to find a, a good price point. It's just Mexico's not the place to, to be trying to negotiate a price. But well, and Jimmy, you can say that, you. you can say that not just Mexico. You can say that just about any country. You know, if you're, exactly. if you're leaving the U.S. headed to, to Argentina or Newfoundland or South Africa or anywhere in the world, go with a reputable outfitter. Don't exactly. go with a fly-by-night exactly. because you're going to get down there and find yourself in a position you probably don't want to be in. 
Well, that's, that's exactly right. And the thing about it is, you don't, even if you make it out of the country safe, which, you know, 99.9% chance you're going to, but, um, the, the biggest problem people run into in Mexico is on the border. Well, the hunts we do, you don't even go around the border. You fly deep in, from Dallas deep into the country and all that. But even this say everything goes good and that outfitter didn't know how to fill out the paperwork on those turkeys. You don't want the USDA or the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service come knocking on your door asking you why your paperwork, your import paperwork is not filled out right. Because they do not have a sense of humor when it comes to that. To them, it's cut and dry. The paperwork's not right. It's not filled out right. And that guy's back in Mexico. They're not going to do anything to him. They're going to punish you because the guy didn't know how to fill the paperwork out. So those are the kind of things that people don't think about. But, so let's, you know, the United States stuff, I have uh, Kansas. I have big, big ranch in Kansas. Uh, got stuff in Oklahoma, um, and South Dakota, and Nebraska. And I, I see Nebraska, to me, that's the cream of the crop for turkey hunting in the United States. To in my opinion, that's that's the best state there is, and it should be even better this year because they shut the season almost completely down last year. Um, I've seen as many, you know, a couple years ago, we, we took volunteer, we took 13 volunteers up there, and all 13 of them killed their three birds. There's 39 birds in 10 days. I've seen Nebraska just be on fire, and I think you'll have so many carryover birds from last year that didn't get killed that we really will have some good hunts. And I got some available available dates in Nebraska. Um and I'll give you my number before we get off the call. But to me that if you haven't been if you have if you like the turkey hunt and you haven't been to Nebraska, you owe it to yourself to go there. And then same thing with Kansas. A lot of parts of Kansas they say have been down. I personally haven't seen it. Um in twenty twenty in Kansas we had 20, we're in a one bird zone there. Uh, we had 21 hunters kill 21 turkeys and miss six. So that's over a hundred percent shot opportunity. I put that against anybody. Um, so, and those hunts start at $600 and then go up from there. Um, in South Dakota, we do Miriam's. Uh, we have Miriam's hunts in Nebraska. We have Miriam's hunts in South Dakota. We do Rio's in Texas, Rio's in Kansas. Um, surprisingly, the, the, the turkey that I don't market that much is Eastern because um, it's, it's so hard to find a good place you can pay in Alabama or Mississippi to, you know, go shoot an Eastern turkey. Uh, got some stuff in the New England states if you're willing to try that far, to drive that far or fly that far. Uh, went to New Hampshire last year, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been, loaded with turkeys. Um, the Osceola is pretty tough, you know, because there's just there's so, certain zone and area that you can kill them in. And they have the monopoly on it, so finding a good deal on the Osceola is, is almost unheard of. And there again, it's not as serious as Mexico, but if you start seeing Osceola hunts cheap, you'd ask yourself why, because those guys can sell everyone they want to at premium price, because it's, it's, there's only so many of them, you know. Well, I finished, gosh, I guess that's been about five years ago, I finished my Grand Slam, and, and that was a challenge, you know. Traveling over, had the Easterns out of the way fast, you know, had them out early in life. But, you know, and I didn't try to do it in one season. I did it in a multiple season deal. But, yeah, like you say, trying to find – and trying to find a true Miriam was also a challenge. Yes. You know, it, it not is. to find a hybrid. And, you know, exactly. a lot of people There's don't so realize that when they start loaded with them. 
And turkeys have flourished there, so they're a victim of their success there. They flourished and they populated so good in those areas that subspecies have just overlapped. And for for your listeners that are trying to pinpoint those different subspecies, I got the recipe to do it, so we can we can make it happen. Um, I'm at a point that if he comes in and I see him and he's a mature bird, I don't care what subspecies he is. I'm fixing to shoot or whoever's with me is going to shoot because I've already got that past. You know, but some people call me and say, can you guarantee me that you can put me on a pure marriage? And I said, look, the only thing I'm going to guarantee you is I'm going to work hard for you because I'm not going to guarantee you anything a turkey will do. No, no subspecies. So, uh, you know, so, <laughs> but we, we got the areas to, to do it. And, um, there's two things, uh, two other things I want to tell you about. One thing I'm doing that some of your people may be interested in is I'm doing a deal in Kansas in, in 2021. It's similar to basically you're buying in as a share, um, to where you buy in, you can hunt a 4,000 acre ranch in Kansas, 1,100 acre ranch in Oklahoma that are about 25 minutes apart. You pay one price and you can bow hunt the entire season as many days as you want to hunt in both states. And, oh, wow. And it, I, I don't mind saying the price is $5,000. You can bow hunt. You can't rifle hunt and you can't muzzleloader hunt. Um, but you can bow hunt both of those states and you get three bucks. So you can kill, you can bring, you can kill one in Kansas. You can bring your daughter and let her kill one. Bring your brother and let him kill one. And you can kill one in Oklahoma. No work days, no putting up stands, all that stuff's done. Uh, we've got big good feeders that are filled all the time, about 40 stands, basically. Um, and we're only selling 15 of those, 15 memberships, hunt the whole thing for the whole season, archery only, uh, in your membership. And, um, it's, it's a really good deal because the problem is you buy a hunt, you know, you buy a hunt, you think November 10th, supposedly the prime rut date in Kansas, you get up there November 10th and you got a full moon at 70 degrees. You know, well, if you, if you paid somebody $4,000 to go on a guided hunt, you're stuck with those four or five days. Whereas if you buy in on this membership deal, you look at the weather forecast and, you know, I'm just not going to go that week. Or if you go that week and it's no good, go back another week. So that's one thing we're doing there in Kansas. And the other thing, and then I, and Jimmy, uh, does that get you lodging also? What's that? Does that get you lodging also? Or you? It's not, there's not lodging, but we got a lodging option for about $50 a night. Okay. Um, the lodging's kind of a headache, you know, as you know. Um, but, uh, we, we could have done it and we talked about doing it. We just had to charge more. And we just said the thing, what we'll do is we'll let people get their own lodging because some guys want to stay in a five star hotel. Some guys want to stay in an Airbnb. Some guys may want to pull a camper and stay at a, a well, campground. And, yeah. And some you may know, want to stay with other people. Some may not. So. That's exactly right. And that also includes, does not include turkeys, but it also includes waterfowl in Kansas and quail. It's a pretty good quail area. So you get to hunt deer in two states, hogs in Oklahoma, uh, waterfowl and quail in Kansas from the day it opens all the way to the end of January until it closes. Um, so that's, you know, for $5,000, you, you can't beat it. Um, and then the other thing is that we're running some really good specials on Argentina dove and duck combos um that hunt usually runs about it's about five thousand dollars we're doing we call it the covid special uh, i got two weeks that i'll be there in august hosting them have four openings one week and four openings the next week 
and they're twenty nine ninety nine. This is almost half price, and that's that includes gun rental, license, food, bar, lodging, airport pickup and transfer. The only thing you pay in addition to that is your uh, shells and airfare. So most of these places you book and you see, you know, well I get it for a certain price and I got all these add-ons. Well, I, that's just on American to me. And I wanted to put American twist on it. I said, this is how we're going to package them. Cause I don't like when you show up, you got all these add-ons you got to pay. Cause it, it just, it's just bad business. And yeah. they wanted really good deals on those. And uh, I can tell you, I was down there in 2019 and my son and I killed 55 ducks in 42 minutes the first morning. It was unbelievable. And there again, I'll be there. Uh, anybody wants to get in on that. I got some openings. And if you have a big group, you want to go other dates, you have other dates available at that price point, too. But, um, well, Jimmy, look, man, I know we're getting close uh, to the end. You know, just rehash out how they can get in touch with you, uh, how they can book a hunt, get more information, and, and get that info out there for everybody. Yes, definitely. My website and my phone number's on there, but I'll give you my phone number, too. My website is real simple. It's EndlessPursuitOutdoors.com, EndlessPursuitOutdoors.com. Uh, my phone number is 601-455-3318. Please call me. And if there's something you, there's something not on the website that you like that you're looking for, I've probably got a connection to get you on. Just like Pronghorn Hunt. We, uh, it's not on there. Had some guys ask me about it this year. We ended up taking 13 guys out there and all 13 killed in the first 24 hours. You know, so there's, and you know, there's a lot of, a lot of different connections I've made over the years. Anything from moose to cheat to pretty much anything you want to do. Lots of different waterfowling options in Canada. Got lots of friends and connections. We 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 fix you up wherever you want to go. And for pretty much any budget, you know, duck hunt's expensive. Um, you know, we got duck hunts where you can take four people for four days for four thousand dollars for the whole package, and then we got duck hunts that are four thousand dollars for three days for one person. So got a whole yeah. range of options for for any budget and any time frame so anybody is looking for anything they just need to get up with you and tell you what you're looking for and you can you can help them find whatever yes. it is they're, yes they're trying to locate yeah and a lot of that stuff is i'm not making money off of that's okay a lot of that stuff is just i'm trying to help them get with somebody reputable and trying to help friends that are outfitters. So it's not that stuff I'm just doing as kind of always, free service. That good turn yeah, always I comes know. back again, I've seen. It'll always it'll always come back around. They'll either come back oh, and with you next time or, definitely, or yes. an outfitter send yes. somebody your way and it it always you know, it all always seems to come back. So Yes, yes, definitely. Well, good deal, man. And there's one new business adventure. I know we don't have time for for this show, but we're gonna catch back up with you here in a little while and let us uh, let you lead us down another road of of one that you're you're about to start traveling and uh and let everybody know what else you may have going on here pretty quick. Definitely, it's a pretty 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 wild plan. So I like talking <laughs> about one day. I think a lot of people be interested. Oh, yeah. Well, Jimmy, look, man, we always enjoy catching up with you and everybody. We hope you enjoy this episode of Outdoor Country Talk, and God bless. God bless you. Well, ain't nothing like a southerner. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on. 